From legendary locals we all know to people you should get to know. Follow Ipswich Today on your favourite app and never miss an episode. Or go to ipswichtoday.com.au Coming up, a centuries-old method of flight fills the sky above Ipswich most mornings. How and when did the city become home to the floating images hot air balloon? You'll hear the story which led Graham Day to gain his commercial pilot's licence 30 years ago and why Ipswich was chosen as the preferred location. It's Monday, May 9, 2022, and I'm Alan Roebuck. Welcome to Ipswich Today, which acknowledges the traditional custodians of the land on which it is produced and pays respects to elders past, present and emerging. This podcast is supported by Kinetics, people-powered web hosting trusted by Australian businesses since 1999. Graham Day has been flying hot air balloons for more than 30 years. In the Ipswich region, you've probably seen his floating images balloon early in the mornings. This month, he celebrates 30 years as a commercial balloon pilot, and for 20 years, he's been based in Ipswich and joins the show now. Thanks for speaking with Ipswich today, Graham. Good morning, Alan, and good morning to your listeners. Tell me about your earliest interest in flying a hot air balloon. It's kind of not a career of choice for most people, I would have thought. Well, it was never a career choice for me. My first introduction to ballooning was actually at the Gatton University back in 1984, 85, and I missed out on going and seeing it. That's how I got introduced to ballooning. <laughs> so you didn't go to see it, but you still got interested. <laughs> well, you know, I wanted to go and see it. That was my first introduction. There must have been something happening back then. Yep. But the next reality was uh, 1990. I was in Scotland visiting family and friends. And during that time, I went to visit uh, the Highlands, went hiking, because I love bushwalking, um, and got stuck in a, in a hut for about three or four days because the weather had turned really foul. And there was about 30 of us in the hut. And back then, there was no smartphones, no internet, and you had to talk to each other verbally. (laughs) Face-to-face even. (laughs) Face-to-face, no Zoom meetings. There was a discussion there about hot air ballooning? Um, no, well, actually, it was uh, there were some French university students who were uh, on holidays. They'd come to Scotland, and they said to me, when I get to France, come visit them. So about 12 months after meeting them, I was in Paris, I'd done all the touristy things in Paris, gave the girls a call and said, look, I'm taking the train out to Strasbourg. I'll meet you tonight at the train station and then you can look after me. (laughs) So the girls met me at the station. I had a couple of days in Strasbourg looking around, which is a beautiful old ancient city um, on the borders of Germany and France. And one of the girls said, look, I'm going home on the weekend. Take the train with me. Come visit my family and friends. See the more, a different part of Ips, of, of Alsace. And um, that's what we did. And on the weekend, friends of hers had a balloon company, rung her up and said, um, look, Frederick, we need a hand. Can you come give us a hand crewing on the balloons? And she said, me, Graham, do you want to go and do this? And, of course, it was a beautiful um, November winter's day, snow on the valley floor in the Alsatian villages and on the mountains, and away we went. And so that was my introduction into ballooning. And you got the bug. So did you finish that balloon flight and go, hey, this is for me, or did it, was it a bit more slowly? Well, I actually didn't fly then, Alan. I was actually crewing. So mm. we were helping putting the balloons together, sending the passengers off on the balloon flight. And then we had to follow in the four-wheel drives over the mountains, which was covered in snow. So driving four-wheel drives in snow is, is interesting. Challenging. Uh, with a trailer. <laughs> <laughs> but we found the, the, the balloons and the passengers, and you know, and that was my introduction into ballooning. So from there, I occasionally helped the balloon company out. 
I um, worked as an au pair for uh, that lass's family so I could learn to speak French. And then um, after a couple of months of helping the balloon company out, they asked me, Graham, can you work tomorrow full time for us? Because we've got no crew. So I started working for them full time and stayed with them for about three or four months. And then after that period, the, uh, the owner of the company uh, said to me, Graham, would you stay in France and learn to become a balloon pilot? If you stay more than one or two years, we'll teach you to become a pilot. So I said, sure, I'm not doing anything. <laughs> I'm just backpacking here. <laughs> right, yeah. T- tell us about the uh, signing up to uh, train to be a pilot. Uh, well, in Australia, it's a little bit more different than France. Mm-hmm. In Australia, you have to do 15 hours with the Australian Blending Federation um, with an instructor for every flight, which is a very good way of doing it. You're under instruction and you have someone who knows who's operating the aircraft. Um, once you've done your 15 to 20 hours you may be potentially ready to do your flight exam as well as you have written exams in weather, navigation and the air laws. And potentially between 15 to 20 hours, you're prepared to do your exam if the instructor thinks you're up to it. And then you get your private licence so you can fly family and friends. You can't do commercial work. So just talk us through the difference then between private and doing commercial work. Well, private is only flying family and friends for non-paid Flights. Mm-hmm. You're supposed to cost what they call cost sharing yes. of the balloon flight. Once you get up to 75 hours, you then do six hours with a commercial instructor and then you do your commercial exam, a flight exam, as well as you have written commercial exams as well. So potentially you're between 90 to 100 hours and then you have to find a balloon company that will employ you. Now, to run a balloon company, we run just like Qantas and Jetstar and Virgin. We are issued an air operator certificate by CASA, which is the Aviation Safety Authority, and they allow you to run your business. But before you run your business, you have to have an operation manual that they approve. You have to have a chief pilot who has to have more than 350 hours. He has to actually sit down and do an oral exam that goes between three to four hours with CASA over the books, understanding the air law navigation. They give you questions and you've got to answer them. And then hopefully you'll find a balloon company that'll employ you. And today it's the insurance companies that are saying how many hours that they want pilots flying uh, your balloon for your company. It's not CASA. So where were you 30 years ago to get your commercial license? Well, I originally got my license in in France, so I have a French license. There's two types of license in France. One is for flying in the, um, the valley floors or what they call the plains. And where I was, I was flying in the mountains. And I didn't know there was two different types of licenses, but I was given my mountain license because I was flying in mountains. It's harder to flying in mountains than it is flying in a valley, believe you me. So I've also got a Canadian license because I worked in Canada. So every country has their own license requirements. And when I came back to Australia, I had to sit for the Australian commercial licensing. They accepted the hours I had because I had over 300 hours. Well, you've certainly had some experience on three different continents and no doubt since you've started flying, you've had a few ups and downs. I've been up and down for 30 years. Sorry, more, <laughs> sorry, I couldn't, I couldn't resist. I had to drop oh, that. Oh, that's in. okay, mate. Now, that's the, all right. More serious, more serious. Can you explain the process of going on a flight for someone who's never been in a hot air balloon? I guess it starts with you checking the weather very early in the morning to decide if the flight should go ahead. Well, I'm always checking the weather a couple of days beforehand. I think I'm permanently watching the weather. When someone makes a booking, they, we ask, they call us the night before between 7 and 7.30 and we do the latest weather check. 
again, in the morning, I get up an hour before we meet our passengers and I'm doing the weather check from the Weather Bureau. Technology today makes it a little bit easier with smartphones. You can carry that information and access that information quite easily on your phone. And then we meet our customers at the Ipswich Visitors Information Centre. And from there, we take them to one of the takeoff sites that I've decided from the weather in the morning. That's right. You can't always have the very same takeoff spot. It is very weather dependent. It changes. The weather is like a child. It moves. It's the easiest way to describe weather to people because a lot of people don't understand the weather. We have highs and lows moving across Australia and depending on where they are situated, depends on the wind speed direction that we get. When did you decide that Ipswich would be your base and why? We're going back to 1998. um, I met my wife, Ruth, who you know. Uh, Ruth has a marketing background and uh, used to work for Expo 88. She was actually chased by Slew Edwards because Ruth did her uh, thesis on Expo 88. So I met up with a, a highly intelligent woman in marketing who assisted me in putting together our balloon business plan. We were actually looking at trying to put uh, the world balloon championships were coming to Australia in 2004. So this is way back in 2002, 2000. And we worked unasked Ipswich City Council, would they be interested? So we came out to Ipswich. I was flying on the Gold Coast because I thought Ipswich would be a great area to fly. The valleys of the Fessenfern Valley, the Lowood, Lockyer Valley, it's just perfect for ballooning. I did a lot of research on the geographical and the climate of the region. It was fantastic for ballooning. Our downfall was the Queensland government at that time uh, wasn't going to financially back us, whereas the Victorian government pledged $1.2 million to any Victorian team that won the bid. So unfortunately, it didn't go ahead for us. But we knew we had the information to set up a balloon company out here at Ipswich, just 30 minutes from Brisbane CBD, and ballooning is perfect in this region. In that last 20 years, how many flights do you reckon you've done? Lots. (laughs) (laughs) uh, We've got over 1,600 flights to 2,000 flights done in this area. And what about about your most memorable uh, flight? Uh, I'm thinking people get married a lot, that sort of thing? Look, people go ballooning for special occasions as a general rule. So we've had lots of uh, birthdays, anniversaries, uh, proposals. I get proposed all the time. Unfortunately, I have to say no. (laughs) One ring on the finger is enough. (laughs) Um, And then we've had weddings, as you've said. So, yeah, they're very magical moments where people get married on the balloon. There's been a couple of magical moments because sometimes it's just the bride and groom, the celebrant, the photographer, and myself on the flight. So the photographer and I are actually the witnesses to the wedding. Right. And we we signed as witnesses on the marriage certificate. Yep. That was quite interesting because I was taking photographs and the celebrant's going, Graham, you can't post that on social media yet. And I'm going... Why not? Because <laughs> they haven't told their mum and dad yet. They're not telling their mum and dad for a couple of months. <laughs> oh, righto. Yes. Yep. No, fair enough. The nature of hot air ballooning is you don't always land in the same spot because it is weather dependent. How do you get around this issue? Ballooning is three-dimensionally sailing is the easiest way I describe it because we don't have a motor. We use the wind speed and direction of the day to take us to various places. So the most crucial point is taking off in the right place to take off to land in the right area. So as you can imagine, in an elevator going up level one, level two, level three, the wind speed and direction changes. And as the higher you go, as a general rule, the wind picks up and the faster you go. And then as you come back down, you have to use those different wind directions and speeds to steer the balloon to where you can land the aircraft safely on some land that normally is a paddock, and um, minimal damage to the the landowner and the farmer. 
You know, we've been landing on landowners' land now out here at Ipswich, and we've known them quite personally now. <laughs> yes. Well, I was going to say, I, I will declare that I have had a couple of flights with you in the past, and we have landed out near Lowood, and we've landed out near Peak Crossing. So you must know a lot of farmers. I do know a lot of <laughs> landowners in this region. And I'm, I'm very grateful to meet them because 99% of the landowners are very warm and welcoming to the people and the passengers because they want to show their property or their, their business to people. What a lot of people in the city forget is this is people's livelihoods or their business. It's like walking into a, a, an office or a business and the land is their business and you know yes. we have to show respect to their business as well when we op- operate our aircraft and land on their businesses. Do you have a landing that you would describe as your most unusual place to put down? Oh, my most unusual. Well, I was probably way back when I was in France and I was flying a mono a monoplace balloon, which is called a cloud hopper, no basket. You're in a harness with a seat, oh, wow. single, t- single tank on your back. And uh, after the, nearly an hour's flight, you know, the, I knew the gas was getting a little lower than when I started. And um, I was flying in the mountains and eventually found a place in the valley to land, but it was all forest. And then, Right in front of me opens up this little paddock, and in the middle of this paddock is a circle of beehives. <laughs> so I took it. The bees to. were happy, and I was happy. Yeah. And you didn't get stung. That's good. And I didn't get stung. No. No. I guess you can claim a number of firsts too, Graham, with your business uh, floating images in this part of the world. And you've also uh, proudly won a few tourism awards. Tell us about those. Uh, we've initially, when we first started off, we were the only tourism business aviation business in, in Ipswich when I opened up the business when I was 35. 21 years later now, we've been operating out here in Ipswich and we've been promoting the region proudly, Ipswich and the Great Southeast, um, domestically as well as internationally. So we have had a few tourism awards. Um, we work very closely with our regional tourism organisation, which is Brisbane Economic Development Agency, and we work with Tourism Events Queensland as well. So... In a couple of weeks, uh, we're down at the uh, Tourism Exchange down in Sydney, which is the largest tourism expo in Australia. We're the only Ipswich operator going. Roof goes down to that to meet buyers who are looking for new product or existing product that they can sell to their customers back in Europe, uh, Asia or North America. I was going to ask, is it open to the public? But obviously the answer is no, it's for, for trade. It's for trade. It's yep. business to business. Mm. Well, good luck with that. And and, and what's your favourite award you've won? Our favourite award I've won? Oh, look, we've won um, some tourism awards with Ipswich City Council so, and um, we've also been involved with Tourism Events Queensland Best of Business uh, Program. So we've been doing that for the last five years. It's an internal program run by TEQ. It's not known by the public. Um, but we've been getting 100% out of that for the last five years. And uh, they're now using some of the information that we have in their training books for other tourism operators. Graham Day, congratulations on 30 years as a commercial balloon pilot and 20 years of operating floating images in Ipswich. May you have many more. And thanks for talking with Ipswich today. Thank you very much, Alan. Thank you. And a quick reminder, you will find handy links in the show notes. Ipswich Today is supported by Kinetics, people-powered web hosting trusted by Australian businesses since 1999. This podcast is also listener-supported. Please make a once-only gift or regular donation to help keep it online. 
Just go to ipswichtoday.com.au and click the donate button on the homepage to make a payment through PayPal. Follow and stream this podcast from your favourite app, including iHeartRadio and Amazon Music Podcasts, or play Ipswich Today from smart speakers. Music is supplied by Purple Planet Music. This is Alan Roebuck. Thank you for listening. Enjoying Ipswich today? Please share the love on your socials.